Ladies and gentlemen, the Story Screen Network presents the latest podcast, Hot Takes, where your presenters of the Story Screen Network talk about the latest and greatest motion pictures. Here comes your host, Robbie Anderson. Hey. Thank you. Thank you, Orson. I appreciate that. <laughs> I'm glad that we reanimated you for this. Uh, but the deal with the necromancer has expired, and it's time for you to go back to hell where you belong. <laughs> Rosebud. Rose. <laughs> hey, I'm Robbie. Thank you uh, again to Orson Wells, who is back in hell where he belongs. And I'm joined by two lovely guests, Diana Demuro. Hey, hey. Hi, hi. And um, Jeremy Kolodzetsky, ah, who, <laughs> who also, he has a really good Orson Welles impression. I almost, I almost wish that you did it instead of uh, us having to make the deal with the devil. Uh, you know. <laughs> yeah, but, Sometimes but, we, you know, if we need to do it again. We have you here. Yeah. A plus. Um, what's up, guys? What's up, listeners? This is the Story Screen Podcast. This is motherfucking hot takes where we talk about new movies, even though they're about old movies. But they're still new. We got fresh ass opinions for you, the listener. If you're afraid of spoilers for Mink, that it's about it's about old stuff. We can't spoil it, but True. we'll try not to spoil it in this first half of the episode. Uh, thank you for being here. Yeah, we're talking about Mink, David Fincher's Mink, the movie. That's a, that's a new movie about old movies. Um, one very specific old movie. One very specific old movie. Uh, but yeah, we're here to talk about we talk about that mank. Uh, Jeremy, yes. What's your hot take on mank? Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, what is my hot take on mank? So, how about we we quickly set up what mank is for the un- uninitiated? Yeah. Mank is a uh, biopic about the uh, screenwriter of one Citizen Kane. Uh, Citizen Kane is a movie that many of you who are listening have probably have seen or have at least heard of or maybe even pretended to see, you right. know, <laughs> yeah, <that's fine. laughs> or seen clips of, or seen clips of the spark. I did, I did watch it in its entirety before this. Oh, great. Before seeing, before watching Mank, because I was like, man, it's been a while. And, uh, <laughs> the film is more or less, uh, about, um, about Mankiewicz's how he got his inspirations for how he uh, how he wrote Citizen Kane, and that's ba- it's basically about um, his relationship with the media mogul William Randolph Hearst and um, his his journeys through like political endeavors and his disillusionment with the Hollywood system and how and that, his alcoholism and his, not to mention his alcoholism <laughs> yeah, dude was, that dude was drunk and how drunk. that how that led to the writing of Citizen Kane yeah so uh so Jeremy you didn't like it or I'm I'm <laughs> I'm like I'm like 50 50 oh well, really yeah. I'm surprised. Okay. I thought this movie would be far, far more up your alley than than up my. It is. Dark it alley. is very. But up. I liked it. It is very much up my alley, and on a technical level, um, and like from the performances to the cinematography to like the production design, and even even moments of uh, of like really great dialogue. Um, the more I thought about this movie, like the more it like kind of bothered me especially since i'm like oh interesting okay i'm like pretty familiar with the story of citizen kane and how the whole thing went down and there are there are like certain thematic sides that this movie takes that i don't necessarily gel with yeah okay i could see that Interesting. Well, I feel excited. like it's it's probably not you know it's not like a hundred percent accurate in its telling. Definitely not. <laughs> but um, but it's interesting. It is interesting. I'm excited to hear specifics about that in spoiler yeah. zone. Um, because that's interesting. I uh, I'm surprised by your by your spicy hot take, Diana. Mm. 
What's your hot take on uh, Mank? It, ha- it had a really good cast. and uh, Excellent cast. I was surprised how much I liked Amanda Seyfried. She was great. Mm-hmm. Um, and Gary Oldman's always good, so... can't He can't be stopped. Yeah, he's great. And I stopped um, trying. There's a lot of good people in there. Like, uh, I watched it with Mike and Sophia from the theater. Um, and... We were like, oh, that's the dude that's like the random brother in Iron Fist. <laughs> there was just like all these random people in it that I was like, oh, okay. There's a lot of there's a lot of people in here. Um, it's beautiful the way it's shot. He he did a really good job. It's it's a little long, but uh, I kind of expected it to be long. So no, I mean I I enjoyed it. I thought it was pretty fun. I uh, I also saw it on the big screen. Uh, the way it's intended, that or a Nintendo DSi are the, are the two ways that Fincher really wanted you to watch this movie. Uh, I, I really, I really like Mank. It's been a while since I've seen Citizen Kane. When I do talk about Citizen Kane, I, I kind of mention it as like, it's one of those older movies or film school movies that actually are, are, are like pretty easy to watch, all things mm. considered. Like, Battleship Potemkin is not fun to watch. And they just fucking make every class just makes you fucking watch that bullshit. Except the staircase constantly. sequence. I think the staircase sequence is still like kind of awesome. Yeah, you know, it's great. It's cla- well, but the but rest like of the movie, whole, yeah. You know, it's, 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 I'm not saying <laughs> the movie's bad. I'm just saying like that's a boring fucking time. There's no event. Iron Man's not even in the movie. Uh, he's not in this movie either. So that's not. I, I just but. rewatched it before watching Mank and Susan Kane. Yeah, and if you're if you're gonna sign up or steal someone's cable login and use HBO Go, it's on there. So I, I think Citizen Kane is is really is really good and it, and it yeah, you know holds up just so shockingly well. And every time I see it, I'm just like, this movie's still so enthralling and engaging. And yeah, it was it so was good. worth rewatching it and then watching this. There were a lot of things that I think I wouldn't have picked up yeah. on if I hadn't recently rewatched it. Um, but I haven't watched Susan Kane all that recently, so I'm a little bit fur- further removed. Um, and one of my anxieties going into watching Mank was that I thought a lot of the movie might go over my head. Because um, I don't know the story of, uh, of Mankiewicz, Mankiewicz, Mankiewicz uh, and, and how he wrote the movie and all that stuff. Like, I, don't, I didn't know it all that well. I was, I was worried it might be a little too, not cerebral, but just like kind of like real inside baseball on this specific story and i was really afraid it was gonna go over my head but i was i i was surprised by how uh, i think the movie's like pretty easy to follow um i think it goes to interesting places that i didn't expect I what did you that, guys think about this as just being a fincher movie compared to other fincher movies th- that's that's yeah. where i was that's where i was kind of like it's a different one for I- sure if iffy on mm-hmm. yeah. um David Fincher movies uh, for me always have this uh, great sense of momentum. Well, the screenplay for this was written by his dad. Yeah, right? it was written by his father who passed away in 2003. Fincher's oh. been, actually been trying to get this movie made since like the late 90s. He was right. he was trying to make this uh, after the game, but I guess just circumstances. I love the game. <laughs> yeah, the yeah the game is. is I haven't great. watched that in a long time, Robbie. Have you seen the game? I have not seen the game. We should do a cool take on the game. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, I, I'm down. I'm Michael Douglas. It. But uh, <laughs> but but of but of course, um, he wasn't able to get it made until until now with the help of uh, Netflix. He's kind of in um, Netflix's good graces and has been for for many years now so netflix will just be happy to fund whatever passion project david fincher wants to do and that's and that's pretty cool I mean, you can't blame him I, you know, I mean, I mean, is netflix that because is... of mindhunter or why is he in there i think it's because it, like since like house of cards oh i always forget that yeah i still i still haven't watched house of cards yeah. I did watch now all of my. It's hard to go back. Yeah, I know it, it is hard to go back. I don't. I mean, I think Baby Driver and American Beauty are like the two where I'm like, I will. You guys, you're chilling with me now. Still, I still but. rewatch Baby Driver. And he's not in it. It's good. It changes the context of that character. And in a sure, weird, funny in a weird enough. <laughs> funny enough. Speaking of of Kevin Spacey, when David Fincher was planning to make this in the uh, in the nineties, Ke- Kevin Spacey was attached to play uh, Herman oh. Mankiewicz. 
Well, yeah, I'm, glad, I think, I'm glad it was Mr. Oldman instead. I feel like uh, real life Mankiewicz was definitely younger than Gary Oldman yeah. playing Mankiewicz, right? Yeah. He was probably like in his 40s or something like that. And I'm like, Gary Oldman ain't in his 40s. No. That's the only thing. No, <laughs> no he, he wrote Citizen Kane in his 40s and he passed away when he was 55. 55. Spoilers. That's awful. Yeah. 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 Spoilers. Yeah. Drank. <laughs> alcohol, yeah. alcohol really, really messed well, he up. Well, he had a, a rough 40. You know, mm-hmm. so he can look sixty in his forties because he. Uh, I guess that's true. Yo, know, they didn't. Know, they didn't know cigarettes were bad for you back then. They had no. They had no idea. Everyone smoked cigarettes, even your household pets, even your Especially doctor, your dogs. <laughs> um, yeah, I was the the things that really took me back about Mank was uh, definitely it's like technical ability to make itself look old, but also like use modern techniques and kind of like blend the two pretty seamlessly i think it's like a technical marvel in that way mm. um especially i think the- I, you know i think the dialogue's very i think it's very like poetic at times I, you know it's it's like it's like talky and like it, it almost sounds a little too perfect but it kind of is like reminiscent of of older movies i think in some ways you yeah know? it was like, golden it's, hollywood yeah like it has it just it's going for a vibe I was trying to capture, and you know, I think with me and biopics, a lot of times I've said it on other podcasts before, but I, I things that can take me out of biopics is like when there's a scene happening and it's like very you know rich with drama. I'm just like, did it happen like this, or are they hamming it up a little bit? Like, did they? You know, we don't know if they said it like that, and like, mm-hmm. and, it, and it takes it always, it always takes me out of the movie. Whereas like really stylized biopics kind of keep me in because they kind of like presents its fact as fiction and i'm i'm i'm, I'm into that like uh, like i Tanya, i think is a really good example where like it's it is based on a true story but it's just so insane right and larger than life that like the, i never question whether it happened or not because i don't really i don't really care i'm just so into the movie the problem i usually um, have with biopics is that they usually feel like just like wikipedia summaries of a certain person's life <laughs> they're boring that can sometimes happen but, too. but yeah. i appreciate it when biopics are about like a certain moment in a yeah. person's life. And I mean, I like, uh, you know, First Man is is a biopic, like, recently that I really oh, yeah. enjoyed. That's I a great movie. Great. Yeah. Yeah. And then I, Tanya is is probably one of my favorite biopics. I think, I, I wish they were all like that. Uh, yeah, I feel like First Man is a great movie because it just, it's more of, like, an, um, an emotional movie. Mm-hmm. Like, it's focusing on grief and, like, how fucked up he was while he was also doing all this stuff, you know? Yeah. I like the I like uh, Birds of Prey, uh, the biopic about Harley Quinn. I thought that was really good. <laughs> it's very well done. Very, it's very well done. Well done. Uh, I you know I always <laughs> knew they talked about her uh, attachment to egg sandwiches a lot. And, I love uh, that. To see actually. it realized on screen is very impressive. <laughs> but um, man, I didn't know Harley Quinn like did that to Nancy Kerrigan. That's 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 crazy. It's <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> it's pretty fucked up. Uh, but yeah, really, I, yeah, I really enjoyed uh, Mank, and I thought it was good. So, do, do you guys? Would you? Who do you think this movie's for? Who do you recommend this movie to? It's coming Ooh. on Netflix. It's accessible. That's a good to question. All actually, people. it's it's Ooh. it's definitely one of David Fincher's least accessible movies. And I can agree with that. I, and sure. I think if yeah. you're not familiar with anything going on in this movie if you don't even know what the fuck citizen kane is or or like how the like uh, how hollywood worked in the 1930s i don't think you're gonna get a whole lot out of this do you think it will turn some people to watch the movie if they haven't if they watch this first maybe 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 it'll if if (laughs) If it sucks them in enough, where they become interested in that, then great. But yeah, if Citizen I Kane can suck you in, the Minx probably amazing, you know. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, but it's, um, if you can't get into Citizen Kane, you ain't gonna get into this. Yeah, yeah, yeah def- definitely. And uh, this movie doesn't really hold your hand with with any of That's that true. stuff. It doesn't really like. It uh, jumps right in, really. Yeah, it doesn't really, like, explain, like, the significance of, like, certain characters, like, like, Louis B. Mayer and, right. um, and, uh, uh, Upton Sinclair and, and William Oh, Randolph. man, did you guys notice Upton Sinclair is played by Bill Nye? Yeah, yeah, the that, guy? that, 
that I threw that me was off. Bill Nye. Yeah, yeah. I, like, I like didn't, I like didn't believe it. I was like, "There's no way that's." I, yeah, because like, at first I was like, like I recognized that profile. Mike was like, later on was like, "How's oh, Bill Nye?" And I was like, "I knew it." That's crazy. Does he is he in movies? Like, not really. Yeah, I don't think. Yeah, probably not that often. Oh, I love it. Um, I'm also not sure if I would recommend this movie if if you're a fan of Orson Welles. Oh yeah, I mean, well. Yeah, because if, anyway, if you're a fan of Orson Welles, you can be a fan of somebody's movie. work, but you don't want to actually imagine what they're like in real person, right? Like in real life, that's like yeah. if you like a certain actor, you don't want to know that they're actually secretly a dick. Is that because right. the portrayal of him in this movie is accurate or not accurate? I think that's, he had that reputation, like, right? It's it's like kind of like a like a fifty fifty thing because mm-hmm. the the whole ownership behind Citizen Kane has been a pretty like hotly debated topic like since uh, okay. since the movie came out. I mean, this movie takes a side. Yes, it does. Right? Yeah. So, but you also have to like if you are thinking about Orson Welles more favorably, it's more in the context of like all of the techniques that he developed making this movie yeah regardless of whether or not he wrote the script yeah. just like how he decided to shoot it the his elaborate sets like all of his crazy shit mm-hmm. um like he just set up a lot of things that a lot of directors went on to continue using that were brand new back then uh, um and uh so this this script the mank script jack fincher's mank script is very much inspired by an article uh written by pauline kale Mm. Uh, called Raising Cain, which is this huge, like, 50-page essay that entirely goes over why uh, – it, it was it was basically like an Orson Welles slam piece where, uh, where she goes over, like, entirely why Herman Mankiewicz was the sole author – of of Citizen Kane and Orson Welles was was a hack who just stole all of mm. Mankiewicz's work and that and that article has been like uh debated to like the point of like debunked by by like other people like other wit- other witnesses and people that were close to both Orson kinda Welles like the, uh, that's kind of like the Irishman like the Irishman came out like yeah so like none of that's like fucking real and you're like right what right what do you mean Right and interesting, and uh, there there can be movies that are like factually inaccurate, but but the movie itself is so engrossing that it it doesn't even matter. Like I I, I was thinking about the Social Network, sure. When I was watching this movie, another another David Fincher uh, movie, and I I think the Social Network is is terrific. It's one of the best movies of the past decade. My totally opinion. agreed, and um, and also, uh, it's the sh- the social network has a lot of parallels to Citizen Kane. Funny enough, right? Yeah. Kind of that dynamic of, I mean, whenever you're sharing ownership or creation of something, it's never going to be exactly fifty fifty. Right, and there's always going to be somebody that is more control freak about it too, and then yeah, somebody else is going to get the shaft and- regardless. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't think Mank was uh, like thoroughly engrossing enough to get me to be on its side. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Like I, I, I enjoyed the film. I was, I was entertained by it. I enjoyed the performances, but I wasn't like in it enough to, to, to not let what it's saying about the whole relationship between Orson Welles and Mankiewicz to like not bother me. You know what I mean? Yeah. I felt like it, it, um, it took a lot more time focusing on his relationship with Hearst and Hearst's entourage than, you know, sure. The actual Orson Welles as an actual character in Mank is like, he's, he's more of a presence. Yeah. He's a looming it's just presence. Sort of, exactly. He's not really, there's not really interaction. There's not really any other work between them for us to kind of even question the idea that Mankiewicz was the sole writer. So. Right. Yeah. Right. Oh, Robbie, what do you think? Interesting. Yeah. No, I'm just, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting to think about it in the context of, uh, of, of reality now of like, you know, what, 
Uh, I'm I'm I'm, wait, I'm I'm curious to hear more specifics in in Spoiler Town because that's like where my questions are. I'm like, oh, so can you explain this or can you? Yeah, explain sure. This? Um, yeah, because those that's kind of like now like I that's where my interest is peaked. Um, but the discussion about like who is this movie for and who can get into it, I think I I think we covered that, and I agree that I don't think it's for everybody. Um, I think the movie is challenging. I think it's entertaining, but like you have to at least kind of know the spark notes of citizen kane the movie and and maybe a little bit around what citizen kane was in in hollywood and cinema and then uh you know i think you could follow this movie like i said i i was surprised how well i was able to follow it i really thought i was going to be just kind of like lost the entire time and there are some times where my uh attention was uh steered in other directions (laughs) during the movie um during its very two-hour runtime, but uh, I, I I still very much enjoyed it, and and the things that really kept me in there is just like how well, on a technical standpoint, it felt like a film from that era, and and um, and I think the story is very interesting. I think I think the character or the caricature of Mank in this movie is, is someone uh, not everyone can can relate to, but it's someone everyone can like understand no. this type of this type of artist that's like self-sabotaging brutally honest painfully charming like you know it's easy to watch gary oldman just be this guy you know and and in a lot of ways he's he's made to be very easy to root for he he has flaws but he doesn't have like too many uh he ain't killing he ain't kill nobody right and uh i don't think he cheated on his wife i don't know he had a lot he had a lot of close friends that's what i was gonna say she makes this like diatribe where she's kind of like you're platonic relationships yeah so if, yeah. if you're Emo- emotional cheating's a thing yeah. <laughs> if you've ever uh if you've ever been a, like a part of the creative process too if you've ever written a screenplay uh in your life there there are a lot of scenes that will feel uh very relatable to you as well sure yeah i mean i think you know um the, the movie made me want to go right yeah, the movie like it, cool. it like kind of like creatively charged me in some ways, just because like how in love it is with its format and how how in love the movie is with its medium. You know, like it's it's really a, a film that celebrates film with its ugliness intact. You know, and that's that's pretty cool. Like a lot of the scariest things in this movie, a lot of the things that are the most like you know, like, oh, fuck, this is happening, is 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 them really discussing what the power of cinema was back then and kind of what it's becoming. And that and that stuff is, like, some of the craziest parts of the movie where it's just like, oh, shit, like, they, they invented that then. I always and, love, and too, that, know, like, behind-the-curtain look of certain things, like, watching 30s and 40s, kind of, like, golden Hollywood. I love seeing, like, oh, yeah, actually, there was, like, five people working on that script or like you know somebody's just trying to get their one joke in and then get paid for whatever and it's kind of like it's always interesting to see how many people still happens today oh yeah totally uh, but we don't really we don't really have too many films about that kind of process now no and there's also there's more unions and protections yeah a lot of these people as well well that's that's and that's what the movie also partially yeah Yeah. partially it's about the uh the forming of the the wga yeah plus like i mean at least in this film it makes it seem like and i guess this is spoiler but it makes it seem like orson welles agreed to do script share credit yeah. Whereas I think in reality that's not what happened, right? Didn't other people lobby for him to to get nominated to be listed as a screenwriter? Uh, I guess we we can get into that in spoilers. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'll okay. So I think we're I think we're ready to talk about spoilers, yeah. right? Yeah. Um. So yeah, thank you guys for for listening so far. Hopefully, if you haven't seen Mank yet, this kind of informs either the homework you might need to do or whether this movie's for you or not. I, you know, I do think, uh, if you haven't, if you, if you don't, if you're interested in this movie and you like Fincher and you don't really know much about this story or Citizen Kane, like try watching Citizen Kane. Cause if you're into Citizen Kane, this movie is, is going to be for you. You're going to fuck with this at least a little bit. You know, uh, if you watch a Citizen Kane, you fall asleep. It's not, this might not be the flick for you. And I you know that's to each, to each of their own, you know, there's uh Iron Man's in, in a bunch of movies. And uh, Hulk, <laughs> and uh, you know, if you get if you get that, you watch you watch Baby Yoda. Um, Aww. 
do thing. You guys see the new Mandalorian? That's just yeah. crazy. That was fun. Yeah. I just I watched it. it, yeah. It's about time they show spoilers for Mandalorian. It's about time they show Boba Fett fucking scarred ass. face. Yeah, he looks so, good. He's, he looks so good. good. I love that shit. <laughs> I love that shit. Like, have him fucking kick ass. I love that he's chunky. I love that shit. I was gonna I, ask if this was the first prequel era actor to reprise his role in a modern Star Wars movie, but I don't think that's true. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, they had, they had Anakin come back as a hologram in the special edition. Ugh. Or not a hologram, it's, it's a force <laughs> ghost. It's a force hologram. But is that reprising a role? I don't know. They had to go the other way because they had. I mean, uh, I, I mean, Frank Oz has been Yoda the entire. I mean, time, since right? since Force Awakens, a prequel actor reprising a role since Force Awakens. Oh, I don't know. I think there was a prequel character in Rogue One. Well, I, ke- I kept forgetting that the guy who plays Boba Fett, like, oh yeah, there is. He's, he's there played is, so many Star Wars characters because he's well, because they're all like the same guy because he's been <laughs> millions. Think yeah. about it. It's like not because it's like oh yeah, he's Jango Fett. No shit. It's like oh yeah, he's all of the clones yeah and he never really got to be boba fett and he is just so good i love that fucking show it's really just slop for little piggies like me oh no i love it <laughs> hey, piggy, hey I'm, I'm a piggy i love the slop i ain't gonna i ain't i don't want them to take the slop away no it's good i'm hungry <laughs> i'm hungry they rise of skywalker like they gave me like diet slop stevia in the slop i don't want that fucking shit Give me a good slop. stevie's natural you mean splenda <laughs> Yeah, yeah, they gave me the Splenda slop. They're like, no, it's just it's just as good. I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> what was Solo? What kind of slop was Solo? <laughs> he was, I he actually enjoyed a... that more than I thought I would, but yeah, I know. It's Solo, still... Solo is like putting, uh, you're a, uh, you know, a feisty pig, and they put a bunch of peanut butter on a piece of celery, and they throw it in, in the bucket, and they're like, <laughs> so you're eating this now, right? And you're like, no, I want a slop. <laughs> like, yeah, we took, away the, we took away the last Jedi slop because you don't deserve it. Uh. You little pig, you little fucking pig. Because the other pigs, they didn't like it. So, you get a little fat, you little fucking pig. You can't all do right, shit. Oh my god. Um, <laughs> I could talk about slop all day, but slop we have wars. to talk about mank. Spoilers, and spoilers for yeah. mank. We'll be right back with mank talk. And we return with Story Screen presents Hot Takes. I, I thought we I thought we told you to go back to hell or somewhere else. <laughs> don't make me don't make me do this again. Well, David Fincher told, definitely told Orson Welles to go back to hell. Yeah, he did. The <laughs> I, guy that got to play Orson Welles that's a that's a good Orson Welles impression. Yeah. So if you guys haven't seen it, he was in um this movie called The Souvenir that was last year, oh. and where he's a heroin addict, and it's oh. it's like a. French language. Film, I've been meaning I to see that. I've been meaning. It's to good because uh, I loved uh, Phoenix. Yeah, Jeremy, I... check it out. It's good. So I was surprised. I was like, "Oh, it's that guy. I've seen it's that, guy. that guy. Cool. It's yeah. that guy." <laughs> uh, we're uh, you know, as you heard from Orson, we're back into and we're back in Spoiler Town. Um, we're here to talk about who dies in Mink. <laughs> uh, they all technically, they're all probably dead now. Every character in Mank is probably dead at this point. Definitely William right? went Randolph Hearst. Yeah. <laughs> and uh and, and and the titular Mank is also <laughs> has passed away. Uh so yeah, I think you know, one of the things when we were in non spoilers that I think we kept touching on and, and dancing around is is the which happens with all biopics is Did this actually happen like this? Um and Jeremy, I hand I, I hand the conversation off to you. I guess the conversation Did this actually happened. Like also, does it matter? <laughs> also, and then and then if and stick around, folks, because we'll tell you if it matters <laughs> or not. I can already assume who gives a shit and who doesn't. But I'm yeah. curious about the the actual comparisons, Jeremy. So, um, so one thing is that uh, it's never really been um, proven, or it's never been well documented whether or not Herman himself was a socialist. Ah, okay. that was kind of, this movie posits it pretty heavily that yeah, he in fact, was. yeah, that, that, that was definitely a thing more for, for the movie that didn't bother me too much because, uh, because it, 
it was a way for the movie to explore the like kind of political corruption and propaganda. In, yeah, I found that interesting in the 1930s, which was which was which, was, in that which was very much a thing. Yeah, uh, like at, them at the hiring time. people to do the sandwich boards and look poor and then look like they were pro-socialist yeah and not very interesting and and not to mention that whole side plot about the guy literally making fake news right so that was that was crazy and and that was one of the things in the movie that really grabbed me um just just seeing like the inception of like the talking head opinion piece that we you know we take for granted you know they're doing billy on the street yeah well before billy was even around you know Right. Or, beyond, or, or and I mean, he, he's that's kind of connecting with, you know, Citizen Kane, too, because, like, that whole idea of, like, trashing, you know, Orson Welles in Citizen Kane with his relationships on the side and stuff like that. And, like, I love seeing all of the, like, the crazy rich people, like, seeing Hearst and being like, oh, okay. <laughs> so, so did, or- so when Orson Welles and Mink made, made the deal to make Citizen Kane or, or for him to write something, yeah, was he only going to get partial writing credits so, or, was, or was he ghostwriting it? The, the reason why, yeah. uh, Herman Mankiewicz and Orson Welles got together in the first place was because Orson Welles was like, was like obsessed with William Randolph Hearst. He found, mm. he found him fascinating and he, he, uh, he met up with, Herman Mankiewicz and he and Herman told him that like yeah I used to like I used to like party with uh, William Randolph Hearst and I used to uh, go to his uh, big mansion uh, Sam Simeon I used to right. I used to be with in the I used to see the zoo I used to hang out with Marion Davies and and Orson Welles was like oh my god you right know, we, we gotta write it we gotta tell a story about this mm-hmm. we get we gotta you know Mank, we we have to we have to write the screenplay. Orson, I said, get back to hell, damn it! And so Satan wants you. And so that the the part about him going to the the Victorville uh, ranch, him getting into a car accident, and him writing the first draft, uh, pretty much uh, isolated with him dictating the screenplay to his assistant. That's all true. Right. And Lily Collins, pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Yes. So had good so chemistry he, with Yeah, she's with, been yeah, in like a lot open. of junk, so I was kinda like, alright, start making better stuff. So my my question still remains though, like what was the deal for the writing credit thing? Because that seems to be the major point of contention. So I was under the impression that he wasn't supposed to get credit with previous like stuff with previous stuff I read. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe because he was so friendly with with Hearst, right? That makes Th- that sense. was supposed to like sort of keep him a little bit on the safer side. So what happened, and the movie doesn't really go into this at all, was that at the same time uh, Mankiewicz was was writing his scripts, uh, Orson Welles himself was also writing, okay. and uh, and the final movie, Citizen Kane, um, isn't just. Herman's uh like soul screenplay. It's it's an amalgamation of Orson Welles's ideas and Herman Mankiewicz's ideas rolled into one uh rolled into one um movie. And originally the screenplay wasn't even called Citizen Kane. The the original screenplay was called American. Huh. I noticed that on the you can you can see it on the the Mankiewicz draft. Yeah. Like his first draft in in the movie because I remember I was like that's a high school Citizen Kane. And it looks like some other word. And and in between <laughs> the final movie being made and Mankiewicz's first drafts in the ranch, there were like five or six more drafts. Yeah. And right. those and those uh those drafts were a lot more collaborative. So mm-hmm. I was I was a little peeved that it uh that it didn't go go into that. Hmm. Like like I, I would have appreciated it. Like I, th- I th- feel like the movie ended on kind of a weird place, and it wanted to like give you the impression that Mankiewicz was like this screenwriting martyr who got who got screwed over by by Orson Welles, and and Orson Welles just like did him a favor and just and just put his name as the uh, as the as the screenwriting credit when that's 
not necessarily the case, and I don't think it's fair to well, I, it's hard to say. Is that fair to Orson Orson Welles when Orson Welles is like still celebrated as like one of the greatest filmmakers right. of all time? You know, yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think this uh, like the kind of slander is is totally fair. You know, because you know, it's like Orson yeah. Orson Welles, like personality wise, he definitely had a uh, had a contentious personality. Well, he was yeah. also not super well received by Hollywood in the beginning, at least. No, no, oh no, they wanted Citizen Kane buried, right? Like especially William Randolph Hearst, like he was like threatening, uh, of, like newspapers, like do not post a review, do not post an ad of Citizen Kane, or we will bury you. Wow. So, so like, so like, uh, Wells had to like put the movie up in like, like tents and like on the street and like he had to like rent out his own theaters and be like yo check this movie out William Randolph (laughs) Hearst won't let you uh, see this if you want like a condensed um, if you want a condensed uh, like version of of, like the whole Citizen Kane story Drunk History does a really good bit (laughs) on it where Jack Black plays Orson Welles Uh. Oh, R.I.P. Fucking awesome. R.I.P. Drunk History. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. Rest in peace. Rest in Reese's pieces. Um. Okay, that's very that's very interesting. I guess you know Fincher has to make a movie called Wells <laughs> to tell the other half of the story. And I don't think Fincher. And, I don't think Fincher's. No, I think Finch, I think that. Fincher has uh, established who he who he likes. I guess they'll have to find a competing director to make Wells. Um. Who's Fincher esque? Uh, who's 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 the guy who did um, assassination of Jesse James? Oh, Andrew Dominic. Uh, that's That'd a good, good. movie. Or uh, I want to see Christopher Nolan do a a Wells movie. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like they're in like the they're in the similar vein. Fincher and uh, Nolan. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I, I say I say I say Andrew Dominic because he uh, was also one of the main directors on Mindhunter. Uh, I did enjoy Mindhunter, man. So good. I never watched it. It's good. Oh, it's so good. It's stressful, but it's good. If you're, if you're, (laughs) I love love stress. If you're, if you're a Fincher fan, the year of our Lord, 2020. Yeah, it's good. Mindhunter is primo Fincher. Primo Finch. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's like it's 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 Um, like if Zodiac was a TV series, more or less. Yeah, it's good. Mm -hmm. But from the perspective of the FBI. Interesting. Yeah. Cool. Well, that's that's all. That's that's interesting. Yeah. I think you know the movie. Uh, I think kind of pause. You know, I think the movie is at, it's concerned with I think being real as much of it is concerned with kind of being like a movie because it's like yeah. telling this story. This it's a biopic story, but it's also like it's 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 more above anything else. This love letter to that age of cinema, right? Right. It's it's like so, a love letter and like a damning of it at the same time. Yeah, it's a, it is very critical of it. That's it's interesting. I think I I you know, I really enjoyed my ride with the movie, and I think it, you know at this current juncture, the 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 facts don't um really sway my enjoyment of it. If anything, I do sure. in a, in a genuine way. I would like a a film made in the same vein. But about Orson Welles' perspective, yeah, and they have the same guy too. Like I'd love, I'd love that. I think that'd be so interesting. Yeah, um, kind of like Ender's Game. And, and, and I'm not, I, I don't mean to like to to like dump on the movie or anything because I did, en- I did enjoy myself. I found myself. You just, you know, too much. That's maybe it was just maybe like the way the ending was presented. That- I'm the ideal audience where they're just like you saw Citizen Kane like a while ago. Like, yeah, then I watched this. I'm like, I see no problem here. This movie's great. Like, like I did, I did find uh, the the stuff of Mank um, navigating through like the political turmoil and him uh, and him rubbing shoulders with all the uh, the big producers and how he like had contentious relationships with like Louis B. Mayer, yeah, and all that. Yeah, I found I mean, all that know, very interesting because I we, I didn't talking... I did not know about like really any of that. I love we've seeing been... stuff like that yeah. too because it's sort of like. The weird um, back and forth of him, like legitimately enjoying Marion Davies' 
company and yeah. then like getting invited to these parties where if Hearst hadn't taken a liking to him, he wouldn't be there. So then you have characters like Louis B. Mayer being like just annoyed that he's even there. Mm-hmm. I-, I love seeing that kind of like back and forth where it's sort of like, oh, somebody rich and wealthy has taken a liking to you. So you get invited and now you're getting all these doors opened to you. Yeah. And you're mm-hmm. like, they're crazy rich. They have a whole zoo. Yeah, I feel like we, we've talked a lot of, like, broad strokes yeah. about the movie. But, like, there, there are so many really good, like, specific moments. Totally. And, uh, and like, you know, I, I said it earlier, but, like, you know, really just Gary Oldman as as Mank, or at least as this caricature of Mank, is, is so fun to just watch. Like, everything he yeah. says and does, like, you, and, you know, he has this vibe, like, he hates to love him. I think every character feels that way, and to me as an audience member, it's just like, this guy's such a fucking, yeah. he's so full of himself. I want to see what he does next every time. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, even having his, like, relationship with his wife, like, portrayed kind of in a way where she, like, she knows, she knows he's a drunk. Well, she, she has to be signed up for it, right? Right. Or, or she's just like, if you don't, yeah. like, the, the, the scene when they go to the uh, the GOP yes. thing, and yeah. she's just like, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. And he's just like... Nah. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was just like, it's so fucking funny. It's so good. Right. It's so good. And then, like, but I yeah. also love that flip side of her, like, being like, don't call me poor Sarah to all the people behind the scenes. Like, yeah. that, you know, she's like, I don't give a shit. <laughs> yeah. She was, she was a really, she was, she was kind of a breath of fresh air. Um, you know, I think it's hard when you're doing like biopics. Yeah. Uh, focusing, you know, during a time where, you know, not a lot of women were very prevalent in this world. And obviously like some, some were right. Sure. You know, it was good to see like spotlight on, on some of the supporting women of, of this movie and this, of this world as well. She was very interesting character and she had, you know, her, her, her few moments on screen were always very captivating as well. I kind of liked also that like, there's that, you know, he's presented as being friendly with Marion Davies and then everyone being like annoyed by this perception of how he creates her in the script. And then him just immediately being like, well, it's not her, you know, yeah. it's based yeah. on no her, one, but no it's one, not no her. One, no one buys it. That, <laughs> right. That, that was like the relatable part is like, you, you show your friend a screenplay yeah. and, and yeah, they're reading they're like, it. So, like, it's, so it's, it's this person, right? It's like, like it's like oh oh man this is like really good but like oh, you're gonna... yeah like they're gonna be pissed <laughs> you know yeah it's just like, like I, you know not being very subtle about this man totally it's like i also think a lot of times like you know you're when you're showing it's it's always best to show outside people your work because right. they can't you know when they know you too well they they try and describe you to the thing and they're like oh so this is about the script this, is this, very this you, you man and you're like all right well well, stop. Yeah. Stop. Well, you're always going to draw yeah. on your personal experiences you have or to. people all, you know. It's all yeah. you got. Yeah. <laughs> you know, right. it's coming out of your brain. And it's right. but, the I mean, whole point of the movie. Sure. Yeah. And and those characters can also be combinations of people you know and not necessarily like carbon copy of one specific person. So yeah. that's sure. what makes Look, it more like interesting. It is. Yeah. And guys... Hearst is played by Tywin Lannister. Yeah. Very fitting, very fitting casting. Very fitting. I was like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> yeah, he was, he was basically the the Hearst was basically the Tywin Lannister of the yeah. of the newspaper industry. Pretty awesome back then. <laughs> uh, Jeremy, were you gonna ask something? How'd you guys feel about the dinner scene? Oh yeah, the big climactic dinner good. scene. It was very good. Um, again, you know, it. it I didn't question like did this actually happen because it was so it was such a good scene like everyone's in these costumes like the way the scene is presented like from the ground up is just like oh this is fucking so good to watch it's a costume party he's their shit face he's telling this tale about Don Quixote which is kind of like cracking the nugget of like two films at once in right. this one moment like, it's very very good to watch and again, like I, I have to not think about the accuracy of it because I think that's when I, I would be pulled out of the drama. So just like as a, as a scene constructed from page to screen, I love, I love that. that. Yeah, that that was that was definitely the moment where I wasn't, I was definitely not thinking about that as well. Just like you know, I was, I was thoroughly engrossed. Yeah, in like you're, the I'm watching this now. Yeah, it's, this is cool. itself, and it like it pulls the whole thing together. Totally. Mm-hmm. 
like I think an example of like a scene that kind of like does do the thing I don't like or, or like it did pull me out of the movie and this movie like it, it is also so stylistic and I don't think it's trying to be so grounded in reality right like right it's 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 trying to to be also uh homage to movies not an homage to reality yeah but it's not sure. like fu- um, it's not like full-blown rocket man no it's not it, so but i think one of the scenes that pulled me out is it's one of the earlier scenes in the movie and it's when he's um he's on he's like he's like wasted and he wakes up in his bed he to a woman screaming and he goes onto the set and and that whole sequence you know oh. what i'm talking about it's like they're filming like a western and he's just there i feel like that whole scene but that's just the how way he he's like Marion davies right yeah it's just like the way he's like bippity bopping in and talking yeah. to all these people and doing this stuff i'm just like I just there's just no fucking way this happened. Yeah, right. I that, guess. But it's that quite, in it's, itself but it's looks such a like good, a movie. Yeah, but the thing is, like you know, if it's if it's like a scene in fiction, it's it's great, right? Totally. But then, when, but it's it, it, for me, like it's it's those in those moments moments are few and far between. But those are kind of what I'm talking about, where like sometimes I can get taken out. Please, movie stuff like call that. me Mank. <laughs> <laughs> and but the thing, you know, and again, like it's such a subtle critique or even like it's not even really a critique it's more me just explaining like where my emotional roller coaster is with the movie as i'm watching it Mm. um and like where i'm locking into stuff and where i you know get knocked out but still like you know those again like the dialogue in those scenes are are, are, is spectacular it's so good it's just like sometimes it feels very snappy i i it's very snappy it feels like those movies because it's very like exactly saying and you're like oh okay Mm -hmm. Where, you know, there, there are times where the movie kind of, like, flip-flops between where it feels very like, hey, put the money in the bag, see? Or it's, like, uh, it's very, it does feel very grounded in reality. Like, a lot of the scenes where he's, you know, he's writing yeah. in his It's in his really just him and, like and those that, two women, so. that Those those scenes feel, I'm like, that that feels like this happened. Like, I feel like this could be real, you know? But uh, I do think the movie delicately balances that. That thing biopics do pretty well. Um, I think the, I think the film's very balanced on a construction level. You know, mm-hmm. it has all it has grains, a protein, um, <laughs> a vegetable, film grain. There's a lot of that. Good. Some kin, some quinoa, <laughs> uh, tall glass of water. I did enjoy when he uh, gets his you know kit for his his cast elevation, and it's got booze hidden in it. I was like, oh, nice. Yeah, that's all good. You love you love to see an alcoholic on the big screen. Yeah, all right. You love very, to see an innovative alcoholic. alcoholic. Whether it's whether it's Robert Downey Jr.'s Iron Man or Mank Mankowitz. Iron Mank. Iron, Iron Mankowitz. Mank. <laughs> I'd watch that. I'd watch that movie. Yeah. In a second. <laughs> Give me that. All right, guys. Uh, any closing thoughts on on Mank before we uh, leave the past behind us and say goodbye to Orson Welles for the, the final time? But I'm not going anywhere. You go back to <laughs> hell. You go back to where you belong. Satan needs you for his bidding. So, I think I th- I think now that I'm thinking about the movie more now, I I did enjoy myself while while watching it. I I guess just like the end bothered me. Yeah, a little bit, but but it, it, it's it, it's one sided, right? It's pretty one sided yeah. on on a on a story that has at the very minimum two sides to it. Yeah, are you uh, right? are you feeling more sixty forty instead of fifty fifty now? Yeah, or? yeah, right. I'd I'd say so because 60, I, was, 60 I was I was I was I was I was certainly very entertained by the movie. I was I was very interested in in uh, what was going on. I wasn't like as gripped as sure. I was with something like with like the Social Network. But I could have like, used I, some popcorn I, during this movie. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, but I don't think that's <laughs> yeah. totally fair because, like, Social Network's a fucking masterpiece. And yeah. it's also like I think by the nature of Social Network being a movie of its time and, and a modern, a contemporary movie, and and trying to be a contemporary movie, it's a lot like it's it's a big ask to try and in in now in the for now times to make a movie about the before times but but and make at it the, feel like a before but you know what's interesting time. i i feel like this movie too was still uh trent reznor and atticus ross but it wasn't as noticeable for me 
Whereas I feel like, uh, you know, something like Social Network or a lot of the the recent work of them, I'm like, really like, yeah, this score is good. Well, this Birch movie, I was sort of like, eh. <laughs> Mike told me as we were watching this, they they recorded the score only using instruments that would be available oh, at the time. Yes, that is true. Oh. Which is, that is pretty fucking cool. That is cool. You know? Right. And, you know, sometimes sometimes okay. the, uh, the job of a good score is for it not to be too noticeable. True. Right? Yeah. True. It was it was more of like, like, a, like a tapestry to the atmosphere. Yeah. yeah. A lot of times in movies and entertainment, the the thing you don't notice means it's being done masterfully. It's it's not yeah. like in social network where you have those like big dramatic boom. True. Yeah. At yeah. Like, Which we all hey listen, I, I love a big womp womp. Yeah. Yeah. Don't don't get me wrong. I love a, I love a, <laughs> I you know I watch Inception. I I turn. I don't even watch Inception. I just like you just to hear like Leo the womp, talk. Womp. Yeah. And I hear the womps. Yeah. yeah. I like sitting next to you, Sean. It makes me look so tough. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> Great. That's 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 a great moment. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Dan, a closing closing thoughts on on Mank. Uh, for a movie that that is that long, I felt like the ending was kind of abrupt, but eh, it's fun. Yeah, I mean, how do you? You know, I I would have liked. I I remember seeing the trailer for Mank, and it seemed a little bit more like almost like psychedelic, like like it seemed real crazy in the trailer. And I almost wish this movie kind of went a little bit more out there. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. That's my. That's kind of what I want out of a lot of biopics though yeah i'm just like yo let's like fucking visualize what the mind of a crazy person really fucking looks like like mind of a screenwriter yeah let me see let me see that crazy (laughs) shit that i see in the mirror every day um also i like the movie that we got i you know and and we do get a little bit of that like yeah uh, what's there's the one sequence where he's like he's getting wasted i I think at the gop thing oh yeah all these very surreal shots of like overflowing glasses. That was that, like that was definitely like, the most like Orson Welles moment of definitely. Of, of I wanted the whole I thing. wanted so much more. I was like, give me more of that shit. Put that put that in. Fucking give me that. Yeah, <laughs> give me that. I want that. Yeah, that's the stuff I like. Oh yeah, I like the whole movie, but I like that. That's the shit I that's like. That's my give me more shit. Of that. That's like what's that fucking terrible uh, the Capone movie. Oh. oh, yeah. That movie, that movie just sucks ass. But there's like a sequence in it towards the end where I was just like, if this was the movie, I would love this movie. Capone? I would love it. It's Orson Welles. It's me. It's me. It's me, Mr. Shit Shitting and Farting. Give me another carrot. Disgusting piece of shit. Oh, my God. Where's the gold? I forgot we watched that. I don't know. Yeah, I I actively push it out of my mind. But, you know. <laughs> In, in just the like how, how he dragged how it, it back, how he how he Capone from pushed the, from the pissing and shit, shit out of his body. Ugh. Ass. So yeah, so, and and uh, my 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 closing thoughts on the movie is uh, I like this movie. Yeah, I uh, we'll see if it sticks with me. In by the end of the month, it, it is the yeah. end of the year. You know, we'll see. I don't know. It I enjoyed I, it, I but enjoy I don't. It. I, I don't know time. that it will for me stick with me. Yeah. But I, yeah, I enjoyed it while I was watching it. It's good. It is nice to see a movie about screenwriters because screenwriters always get the the short end of the stick. Sure. Uh, so even even though like what happened isn't entirely uh, accurate, it it is nice to see a movie uh, going up to bat uh, for for the screenwriter and like you know taking the the screenwriter's side. Especially from a director like David Fincher, who who like almost never writes his own scripts. Oh, he didn't this time either. No, true, true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, it's cool. It's a cool movie. I'm glad it exists. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And uh, maybe I could I could see myself watching it again. It was entertaining. Um, but. This isn't the only podcast on Story Screen. StoryScreenBeacon.com is a host to many podcasts, articles, and reviews. And videos. And videos. <laughs> so find us on the social medias. We're on every single one. I don't think we're on LinkedIn. Is that a social media? Oh, mine's not and up also, to date. <laughs> yeah, I don't even have one. So I, I won't be getting any jobs anytime soon. Uh, but yeah, so follow us on all the social medias. Go on our website. Buy a fucking t-shirt. Buy a fucking mug. Um, you can also sign up for a members only page that has even, if you like this content, there's more and you can buy that for $5. You want to listen to us talk about uh director specific t- stuff. Like we have a John Carpenter podcast. We also have, um, 
Edgar Wright. Uh, Edgar Wright podcast. We do cool takes there. We talk about older movies. So basically, if like you know, you, you you're like, I want more. I want to hear these fucking fuckos <laughs> talk more. I want to hear Robbie say. I want to hear yeah, these I just, I just need to see. It, 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 I just gotta hear this fucko talk more. You'll 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 feel like exclusive. It'll be like you're at Sam Simeon. Yeah. yeah. If we and who knows in in twenty years, if you are a longtime subscriber, we can get you a jacket. Bomber jacket. Twenty years though. A bomber jacket. <laughs> a, mem- a members only jacket. But that is in twenty years. So right. So we'll see if I make it that long. I don't know. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> uh, anything anything could happen I didn't think a pandemic was going to happen this year no either. no uh, deep deep what, what? but uh alright say goodbye to Orson Welles guys we're leaving bye sayonara everybody <laughs> back to back to hell <laughs> you go uh alright bye peace How you been, Robbie? Besides tired? I'm just tired. I'm fine. It's I'm good. fine. I don't have a beard anymore, and I'm tired. Nah. It's weird. Heard it's cool. heard the theater had to reclose. Hmm? I heard... Yeah. Yeah, it's... Uh, I mean, luckily, I got the coffee shop gig in the meantime. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a bummer, man. It is, it is a huge bummer. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, you know. We'll Hopefully, we'll, we'll get back. And there doesn't, there doesn't this, this, uh, this Warner Brothers news, I don't think will affect you guys too much. Nah, I mean, I think it's, I think it's really the bigger theaters that have to. Yeah. The ones that have refused to adapt. Yeah. Because the thing is, like, you know, people, if we're showing, if, you know, I've Irish, like, people came in being like, oh, you guys showing the Irishman? Like. They could just watch that on Netflix, but they wanted to see it, you know, on the big screen. Right. So as long as like, and it's because like you know we have a good we have a good setup. We're we're small and like you know our our you know little niche theaters like that. I don't think we'll have any problem that are designed any, for yeah. people that want to go to the theater. Exactly. Like the whole point is like people want to go to these movie theaters. Where it comes to like if you know if, if me if there wasn't a story screen or an independent theater around here and and wonder woman came out and was like you want to go to regal or you want to just watch it on your couch i'd be like i'll watch it on my couch i don't fuck i don't fucking i don't like going to fucking regal man like, I mean, oh man like a sardine I, in there like, I, I feel like if if i was regal's like there's certain movies i would go i would go uh, for the biggie yeah i want it to be really fucking loud when i go see wonder woman <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, theater. I, I, I've always had the best time in theater one at stories. Yeah, yeah, I was saying like if there wasn't a story screen around, and I had like surround sound and a four K TV, it's, I'm like, it's just I'll you know. I mean, pray, there is I'll something that's. I'll pay the extra dollars for the comfort, you know. Yeah, there's there's something that's gonna skeeve me out now about being that that close sandwiched with like a full theater. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, it's just gonna but, be weird for uh, a long time. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. But the yeah, I don't think screen? we have to. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I don't think we have to worry much about. I don't think story screen or or independent theaters have to worry much about uh, the WB thing. You know, if anything, uh, they yeah. might prosper. Yeah, it's true. I think if anything, it's it's the big guys that and you. I think it was a you know their stocks dropped like AMC stocks and shit like that. And it's like, well, you guys got to start being cooler. <laughs> yeah, know? AMC and Regal yeah. were more like means to an ends to see a movie. Yeah. For a lot of people, it was just like, well, there's a AMC here. Yeah, they're playing the For... movie. Yeah, their projectors work. I mean, we'll see if you know Netflix starts you know, opening their own niche theaters and stuff like that. Yeah, you know? well, since that that law is is no longer applicable. Which one was that? There's a there was a law or like some kind of like copyright thing i don't know it but uh there was there was a there was a thing where uh studios were not allowed to own theaters right and theater chains uh, for a long yeah. time but as makes sense recent but... recently expired sure and what a time for that to recently expire yeah <laughs> yeah yeah definitely so yeah. so i think i think like probably amazon and and Netflix and Disney will start uh, buying like their own theaters. I'll go to a Disney theater if Mickey Mouse is there. Yeah, right. I'll go. 
I love that. It'll, love it'll be fucking, just like that a little fucking twink. I love that guy. <laughs> <laughs> it'll be a, it'll be a Disney store, but with a theater in the back. Yeah, that's fine too. I missed the Disney store. They had the big uh, the big pyramid of uh, dolls. Oh yeah, the mall did one in the gallery. The mall did. <laughs> All right, uh, we're gonna do another five seconds of silence. I will count down All from right. five. We'll clap after one. All right. Okay. I'll do the bit again. All right, that's fine. 